My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms 27, verse 1. We're just excited about what God is doing. You know, church, it's time for the church to rise up and be the church and to have faith in the word of the Lord, to have faith that God's going to take care of us and he's going to keep us. That's what we need to show the world in this hour, that we're not afraid of anything that this world can throw at us because we know the one who has conquered the world on our behalf. Psalm 27 in verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. How many of you know that we've got our confidence in Jesus Christ? He's the one that we turn to in the time of trouble and he will be with us. So if you would, let's just pray together and ask that the Lord would minister through this word and let this word be anointed of his spirit. Father, I thank you for your blessing. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for the word of God today. I ask that it would go forth in faith and power and victory. You are a God that that helps us in time of trouble. You are a God that will never leave us nor forsake us. And I ask that you would be with us today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It was January 1941. President Franklin Roosevelt was delivering his State of the Union address to Congress and to the nation. This speech that he made came to be known as the Four Freedoms Speech. President Roosevelt focused on the four basic freedoms that he felt every man should be able to enjoy. Freedom of speech, freedom of worship, freedom from want, and freedom from fear. And I thank God that through Jesus Christ, we have all four freedoms. How many of you can say this morning you are truly free in Jesus Christ? I celebrate our freedom of speech today, not to say anything I want to say or everything that I want to say, 
That's not the reason I celebrate the freedom of speech, but I am free from bitterness, free from hatred, free from prejudice, free from these spirits. Our lips are anointed to praise the Lord. We're free to praise God. You know what? We can talk about his goodness. We can talk about his mercy. Owen is here today worshiping and praising the Lord. That's worth praising God about. Right there, sitting right next to his dad. That's something to clap our hands about. And I can talk about it. I can talk about his blessing. I can talk about his healing because I'm free to speak the word of the Lord. Brother Larry Booth was in the ICU unit unresponsive for several days and now he's awakened and somebody went and prayed for him and started speaking in other tongues, repented and started speaking in other tongues and the spirit of God gave him the utterance. That's something worth praising God about. Come on, church, we need to start talking about what is good and what is right. These things are good. We can yield our spirit up to the Lord and he can, through the power of the Holy Ghost, allow us to speak with other tongues and the spirit of God gives us the utterance. How many of you are thankful for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that you're a tongue talker? Now I know it's mocked by the media in our world and I know some people don't really want to talk about that too much, but we are a tongue talking church. We still believe that Jesus pours out the Holy Ghost as he promised he would do in Acts chapter 2, it happened and it still happens today and it's happening at the first Pentecostal church and I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about the goodness of my God. But not only are we free to speak, we are free to worship. We are free to choose who we worship. No one can choose for us. The devil can't stop you from worshiping God. I've just decided and made up in my mind I'm going to exercise my freedom and I'm going to worship the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I don't have to allow the enemy to take away my choice. Hell can't control it. People can't control it. If you decide to worship the Lord, then there's nothing stopping you from worshiping Jesus in this house. You are free to worship. You're free to clap your hands and to glorify the name of the Lord. We're also free from want because I, I read in Psalm 23 in verse one, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. God takes care of us. God's been good to us. I, I don't think we need to look for another pasture. I don't think we need to look for another shepherd. I believe that Jesus supplies all of our needs according to his riches in glory. How many of you know that life is good, that life is sweet, that life is wonderful, that life is gonna keep on going. As long as the Lord allows, it's gonna keep on going. And you need to praise him for that because you serve a great God. You serve a good God and you have the freedom today. Listen, I thank God for the Bill of Rights. I thank God for the Declaration of Independence. I thank God for all of that stuff, but that's not what gives us our right and our freedom to do these things. 
It's not our government that gives us the freedom. The Bible says ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I'm not free because I live in the United States. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm glad to live in the United States of America, but I'm free because I've got the Holy Ghost. I'm free because I know who Jesus is. I'm free because I've been saved. I've been baptized in his name, and I am free today. But I want to show you how to be free from fear. Because that's really what President Roosevelt was aiming at in his speech because people were getting nervous. The Nazis were, with their blitzkrieg were just eating up Europe and people were getting nervous. The United States had not yet entered into the war and it was 11 months away before Pearl Harbor would be attacked and the United States would enter into World War II and people were getting nervous and people were starting to panic and and, and, and the, the Nazis were increasing their military might and they were coming up with all sorts of new kinds of military and, and kinds of weapons that they had never seen before in Europe and they just, just overthrew everybody that they attacked. And everybody was getting just a little bit fearful and a little bit nervous and President Roosevelt was trying to give them a sense of security and safety. And because and, you see, fear is a horrible thing. It has a spirit of torment that comes with it. The Bible says fear has what? Torment. It's a tormenting spirit. And for a person to have to face tomorrow with uncertainties about its outcome, it can be a very difficult thing. It's tormenting for a person to face a situation and know that they are helpless to change it. It is tormenting for a person to be carried away by forces and circumstances beyond their control. It's tormenting to be plagued by fear. That's why I'm, I'm glad that I'm a part of God's kingdom. Now, church, the world might be in fear over this crisis, but the church doesn't need to be in fear over this crisis. Let me just say it this way. Fear has no dominion here. Now, you can give it place in your home if you want to, but I and, and all of our leadership team and everybody here who has the Holy Ghost, we have authority to take dominion over fear in this church. I will not bow to the fear-mongering of this world when I know who died for my sins, who rose again on the third day, can I preach up in here today? I know that we're going to face tomorrow with courage. We're going to face tomorrow with confidence because we know who holds tomorrow and we know who is in control. I, because I'm in this kingdom, I can stare down situations that are too big for me, and they are too big for us, but they're not too big for our God in heaven who can handle it. No outside force controls my life. My steps are ordered of the Lord. He loves me, and I love him. Listen to 1 John 4 and 18. There is no fear in love, 
but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And I understand that everybody's going to taste fear from time to time. I recognize that. But I don't have to let it control me. I mean, everybody's going to get scared of something sometime. I mean, you know, you're just going to, it's going to happen. But you don't have to let it overwhelm you. And I'm not going to let it dog every step of my way. I'm going to let God show me that there's power in the name of Jesus. Church, you can trust in God because he's going to take care of his people. So get your eyes off the crisis and look to the one who can make a difference. Get your attention off the TV for once. Quit watching that mess and get your eyes on Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. If you're saved and you do die, at least you're going to make heaven. Praise God, you got something to shout about there. Because everybody here is going to die one day. But I promise you, it's not going to be today. And we're going to rejoice in the Lord. And we're going to be the church. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I may not know just exactly how tomorrow's going to turn out. As a matter of fact, I'll be honest with you, I have no crystal ball. And I don't, I don't consort with tea leaves. And I don't consort with palm readers. And I don't look at the stars. And I'm not looking at the astrological this or the, astro, the chronological that or the whatever they call them today. I'm not into mediums. I don't need any of that. Why? Because if God wants me to know what's going to happen tomorrow, he'll tell me. And if he don't want me to know what's going to happen tomorrow, he'll be there in my tomorrow to take care of me when I get there. Sometimes you know and sometimes you don't, but it don't make any difference. When God's in your life, he can order your steps. That's where our strength comes from. The joy of the Lord is our strength. When the sovereign Lord of all stands by me, then nothing should be able to rattle us. His might, his strength makes all of the difference. If you're in a dark alley in New York City and you're, you're surrounded by gang members and they look bad, your confidence is not going to be in your ability but in who your rescuer is. If I could just get Dwayne Johnson and, and Chuck Norris and, and Bruce Lee to show up at the right time, my confidence is in my rescuer. Well, I just want you to know, we might be surrounded by all kinds of enemies and fear, but when my rescuer shows up, I've got confidence. I've got confidence. He's gonna see us through, church. Psalm 56 and 11 says, In God have I put my trust. 
I will not be afraid of what man can do unto me. I know when there's a crisis moment, we have to consider the matter, but we also know that the King of Kings stands by us, and if he does, he will strengthen us. Psalm 121 and 1, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. If the Lord is with us, then why should we fear? Now, now, here's the reality that we got to look at for just a moment because this is important if you don't grasp this fact. And Jesus stated it whenever the, uh, the disciples were in the storm. It was Mark chapter 4. He had put them in the boat. He was in the boat with them, but he decided he was going to go to sleep. Thank you, Jesus. That's just what I need. And as a matter of fact, in one particular part of the record, uh, in one of the Gospels, it says that the, they were covered in waves. That means the waves were coming way over the boat and they were sinking because their boat was filling up with water and they couldn't bail it out quick enough. They were in a mess. Now, I don't know how Jesus slept through that. But when you're Jesus, you can sleep through stuff like that. Now, somebody, I just can't sleep. Well, you, the Bible says that God gives his beloved rest. So I just put a spirit of sleep on you, but not here today. I want you to go home and rest in the Lord because it's going to be all right. Jesus slept through the storm. And then all of a sudden, the disciples got a very brilliant idea. I think we ought to wake him up. And they said, well, why don't you go wake him up? No, you go wake him up. No, you go wake him up. Then they finally realized we're going to die. They weren't coming out of this without a supernatural intervention from uh, the hand of the Almighty. So they woke him up. And they said, carest thou not that we perish? Now notice what Jesus said in Mark 440, because this is important. And he said, why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? And I, I, I hate to do this to you, but this is the reality that we got to face. Our fear is in direct proportion of the absence of our faith. I'm sorry. I hate to say that to you because I know you say, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen either, but I know one thing. God's going to take care of it. Some of, the, some of our precious people that have been going through all sorts of physical trials at this particular time, especially with their children, they've said, I've had such wonderful peace over all of the things that are happening, and I just believe that God's going to take care of them. You can't manufacture that. There's no way you can make that happen because it can definitely scare you whenever you get a bad report from the doctor. But yet when you go in, you have that peace and you have that confidence. You don't have to be afraid because you know that God is going to take care of it. Brother Jeremy was at uh, Sister Kara's sister's funeral yesterday and, and there was just an overwhelming sense of peace that came in the place. And I'm so thankful for that. I couldn't be with him during that time, but he was there to represent the leadership team for Sister Kara. And I just thank God for that. And that's a very difficult time. Now she's going to have to accept this three-year-old back into her life. And she's going to have to raise that baby. But God's going to be with her. 
I told Sister Kara, I said, Kara, God didn't put this on you to leave you. He put this on you and he's going to be with you and he's going to take care of you and your church is going to support you. Don't tell me that God's not going to... Church, when you've got fear, you've got an absence of faith. And it's time for somebody to wake Jesus up in this house with your praise and watch him rebuke the storm. If the church will be the church, we'll be a testimony and a witness to people in this hour. Because if you really believe in him, you won't fear the storm. If you really believe that God does all things well, you don't have to worry about the storm. When the waves and the wind and the rain and the sea capture your attention, and it's very difficult when you're focused on the wrong thing to be focused on the right thing at the same time. Because it's very difficult. You know, you talk about people multitasking. Really, I hate to tell you this, but there is no such thing as multitasking. Okay, you say, why, why do you say that? Try to text and drive. Can I get a hello? I mean, I can't get an amen out of you for nothing. You can't text and drive. There is no such thing. That is a fabrication of people's mind. You cannot, you can only focus on one thing at a time. That's the reason why I want your focus to be on Jesus. Simon Peter was in another storm. Jesus wasn't in the boat this time. And yet, when Jesus came walking on the water, he asked to come out of the boat and walk with Jesus on the water. And Jesus said, come. And then all of a sudden, the Bible says in Matthew 14 and 30, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was uh, afraid. Uh, uh, afraid. Hey, I don't even want to say the word. He began to sink. Listen, if you want to sink your life, live in fear. You will sink because the fear factor is also the sink factor. And that's how far low you will go down. That's the reason why God wants you to be free from fear is so that you'll have a little buoyancy. You'll be like them little bobbers that we put on the fishing deal. Every time you get pushed down, you come right back up. And, and you're going to get pushed down, but God's going to bring you right back up. He cried. He said, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, oh, you have little faith. Wherefore didst thou doubt? So his attention got diverted from the master to the storm and he started to sink. I just want to direct your attention. That's what this message is. I just want you to get your eyes on Jesus. Come on, church, start talking about Jesus. You don't have to rebuke everybody for their fear because I know you're here in church on a Sunday morning, so you're not too scared. <laughs> Amen. I said, I just said, you're not too scared. You're here at church on a Sunday morning. Uh, everybody else is canceling, but until they declare martial law, we're going to have church up in here in this house. And if three of you are here, I'm preaching. And I'll, I'll promise you, I can preach as good to three people as I can to five million. Come on up in here and find out. I want you to get your focus on the Lord. 
One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me. Huh. I, I feel like singing. I know that's bad news for you, but it's good news for me. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get as close to Jesus as I can get. I'm going to get as secure in him as I can get. I am free from worry. I am free from anxiety. Therefore, will not we fear though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea and though the waters thereof roar and be troubled and though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. I said the Lord is on my side. And that's what somebody, come on. I just want to know, Sister Mickey, is the Lord on our side? I will not fear. Now I conclude with this. There was a Native American tribe that, I don't know if they still practice this, but they had a rite of passage for their young men. And when their young men turned 13, they would blindfold them. They would carry them into the forest, deep into the forest, to where they could not possibly find their way out. And they would take them in the dead of night where there would be no way they could see without flashlight, without fire. They would bring them deep into the forest. They would set them right in the middle and they would take the blindfold off. They couldn't see a thing. And they would be left alone all night long. And can you imagine that every twig that snapped, all of a sudden, it became a monster. Every howling dog in the night, somebody going to eat me up. But it was their rite of passage to prove that they were men. And then, when the morning light came, it was unique because they could begin to see the flowers. They could begin to see the trees. And all of a sudden, just around one of the trees, they saw an armed warrior. And then when their eyes adjusted to the light, they recognized it was their father that had stood watch all night long. So when you feel like you're in the dead of night and every snapping twig is a monster about to get you and every time you turn on the radio instead of the TV, we're getting more spiritual. <laughs> you hear the howling of the wolves. Remember, when you can't see anything and you don't know what's there, your father. Amen. I said your father. I said, your father is standing guard and he's armed to the hilt. And there's not a nuclear arsenal on this planet that can match the weapons of the, of the Lord God Almighty. 
So I want you to stand to your feet today. I want you to lift your hands and I want you to worship the Lord. I want you to praise him today. And I want you to bless the name of Jesus. I want you to bless the name of Jesus. All over this place, let's lift our voice unto the Lord. If you've been battling fear and the oppression of the moment of this hour, lift your voice right now. Jesus is in this place to lift that fear off of your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it, church. Let's just lift our voices to the Lord. Lord, you are our strength. Jesus, you are present in this place right now. We thank you, Lord, for what we feel. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. We thank you, Lord God, for your promise, the promise of your word. We thank you, Lord, for being with us right now, Lord, in this house. We give you praise, Jesus. We bless your name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here's what we're going to do this morning. The Bible tells us that when David brought the ark back to the city of David, the first thing he did was to return back to his house. And the Bible says his purpose there was to bless his household. And so this morning, what we would like to focus on with everything that we're dealing with in this hour is for you to connect with your family, your household. If you could take a moment right now, you may already be in place, but young people especially, if you can locate your family right now, this is how our altar service is going to work this morning. We're going to connect by households. So if you can get to your family, if you have a family member here and you can join with them, that's how we're going to approach our altar service this morning, believing that God is going to give our homes the peace that we need. And I believe there's power in coming to agreement as a household, as a family. Let's pray for one another. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.